then a bust, bust it, then a bust it. She a baddie, she knows she a ten. Big boobs and a bust, bust it, then a bust it, bust it, then a bust it. In the party, he just went all, just went all wrong, no wrong, no wrong, wrong, no wrong, no wrong, wrong, no wrong, no wrong, wrong, no wrong, wrong, no wrong, no wrong, wrong, no wrong, no wrong. I tried to be, he begged me to stay. Babe, I'm not staying. I just wanna. Babe, I'm not staying. I just wanna. Basically a podcast on our experiences as experts and more. Um, my mate Vanessa will explain to those that don't understand what an expert is. Yeah, what it is. Hello everybody, this is Vanessa Omata Kibate, and I'm coming to you with a definition of what an expat is. It's basically a short version of the word expatriate, which means a person who lives outside of their native country for whatever reason, for study, for work, or for pleasure. I'll pass over to Tkanzi, who's going to give us a nice icebreaker before we get into this week's episode. I love how professional you guys are. I love how professional my mates are, (laughs) Vanessa and Lorianne. They didn't even say what their names are, but it's okay, because they sound amazing. (laughs) So, guys, I want to ask you, I'm the fan in the group. Um, <laughs> one country you would love to live in for the rest of your life and why? Let's start with Laurie. So like, is it outside of the country you currently live in or you've worked in? Outside of the country you currently live in or work in. Um, wow. I think the same. It's okay, but you have to explain why. Okay, um, I know this is a bit cliche, but uh, it's definitely the UK for me. Like, I don't know. I've always just felt connected to the UK. I love the culture. I love the fashion and everything. It just seems like the best, the best place to be. So definitely like the UK, London but to be specific. Sorry? You would flourish in the UK. I'm a UK babe. I'm manifesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's exactly. Okay, Vanessa. Um, yeah, for me, this is very simple. I don't live in my home country. I would move back to Ghana and live in northern Ghana, where I'm from, um, build myself a home and just spend the rest of my days there with the farm and some animals. I just that's my dream. That's the goal. If it's if that's a cop out, I guess. Who, if I had to pick, it would be Berlin uh, in Germany, or I would live in, at some point it was Rwanda, but I think um, maybe Mombasa, Kenya. Yeah. Kenya's also on my list. Oh my goodness. Vanessa. What about you, Tanzi? Yes? Can I come visit you once in a while? I want to come you visit may. you once in a while, wherever you are. I'll you come. may. I'll For have sure. fresh 100%. milk and yogurt. I'll make from my goats and cows. You'll have like fresh produce. No matter where I am, you'll have fresh cacao. produce. I, know I will figure that cacao, out. So. Oh, you oh, you can teach me. Because <laughs> I don't. I'll teach you. <laughs> um, me, I would love to live in Dubai. I think that's where the rest of my life will begin. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. It does, yeah. Yeah, like I feel like that's where the rest of my life will begin because I love the city. 
I love, I don't love the heat, but I love the heat in Dubai. <laughs> have you been? I have. Okay. Oh, I'm jealous. So we jealous. hope we get I to go back. Got, I just, <laughs> I think from, from when I went, because I didn't think about it before, but when I went, I was like, you know what? This is a place I can live in. So yeah, oh that was. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna visit you, Vanessa, wherever you go, whichever country you decide. You're I'll welcome. Come visit you, Laurie. Your my arms are open. Visit you too, Mikasa. Is I'm gonna visit Vanessa more than you, but it's. <laughs> we'll also visit you in Dubai. We'll Dubai definitely. Also, um, oh, guys, you're so sweet. Okay, let's let's get on with it. Let's okay. get on with it. Uh, and can you guys just let uh people know like um where you live or and stuff? So I'll start. Um, so I basically I'm back in South Africa, but I was in Tanzania for a year, two years plus. So I'm in between South Africa and Tanzania. Uh, v. Yes, I live in. Zambia, Lusaka, and I think I'm here for maybe another month, maybe another 11 months. We'll see. Okay. Oh, I love that. You know what? As expats, I feel like the one thing we get is it's a maybe. It always. Maybe I'll, stay, always a- maybe I'll come back, maybe I'll <laughs> always, leave. Always. Always. You never know. Always. So, um, I am here. I've been here for four years, almost four years, and I'm leaving in July. I don't know if I'm going to come back, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm in China, Nanjing, China. Yay. Shout out, Shout out to China. Shout out to Asia. Shout out to China. It's half past one in South Africa and Zambia, and it's uh, half past seven in China. Wow. Yeah, shout out to you also for waking up early. Exactly. Sure can... Yeah. No, it's no, I didn't wake up, but it's seven thirty p.m. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> oh, okay. See, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm ahead of you guys. I'm six hours ahead of you guys. Also, oh, you future. stopped the new year before us. All the time. Oh, that's great. It's nice to be first, isn't it? Even if I'm there, I'm still ahead of everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So today's topic is um, the unexpected things we found about living abroad. And I think V will go first. Yeah. Unexpected. Yeah. Um, What unexpected? Yeah, this is actually the second time we're recording for the listeners, the second time we're recording this because we wanted to make sure the sound, the sound quality was excellent for you guys. Um, but I, I just need to clarify. So please let us know if it's not. Yeah, please let us know. All feedback is welcome because we're building. Um, but are we doing unexpected good, unexpected bad? I think the last time we focused on like positive things. That might okay, be nice let's, do, to... let's do unexpected bad. 
Ooh, unexpected bad, spicy. <laughs> okay, we can start with unexpected bad. Um, yeah, formality for me. I'm having a really difficult time adjusting to how formal things are because I'm from a very uh, casual. I grew up in SA, which is, a, I think, relatively casual space. The work world doesn't feel as formal as this. And even Sorry, in Ghana, Vanessa, we, Vanessa, let's make it clear. Let's make it clear for people, SA Saudi Arabia or SA South Africa? SA South Africa. Zeta. Oh, wow. My Zeta. mind has you never gone there before. <laughs> Actually, me neither. But wow. now I know. Um, now I know too. Zeta, RSA, Afrika Sud, South of Africa, South Africa. Um, Zanzi. <laughs> Let me finish going through all the things. Zud Afrique. Zud Afrique. Afrique. Azania. The Rainbow Nation, Alice. Um, but yeah, so the formality <laughs> I think was a huge adjust, adjustment. Um, people calling me Madame, not knowing how to refer to other people. If they're older than me, hierarchy means so much here. Um, and I guess it does in Ghana as well, but not to this extent. Um, so that was a huge adjustment for me. Um, I'm still struggling with it. I think I've adjusted a bit. I've been here for about 11 months. Um, I'm still adjusting and I kind of, I'm, I'm more comfortable now, but at the beginning it was a huge shock to me. And also there is not as much, but I think this might be a Southern African thing or shade, <laughs> but there's not as much variety in local cuisine, which I do like in Shima. That's their um, swallow, the main uh, starchy swallow here. In Shima, it's exactly the same as Pap, Ugali, Sadza, and yeah, that base, uh, like from East Africa to Southern Africa. I love Ugali. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much, I think it's closer to Pap. Ugali is a it's bit pap. Ugali slightly pap. different, it, but it's basically the same thing. You know? It's slightly yeah. different, I think, but basically the same. Um, yeah, I like that. And I like they have the sashi, which is like a peanut kind of side they do. Um, and some spinachy sides, those I really enjoy, but there's not a lot of like variety. Think about West Africa or Ghana. Mm -hmm. um, the many different types of swallows we have rice dishes, vegetable dishes, meat dishes, um, and even like uh, we have the yams, the plantains, cocoa yam, uh, cassava, but here it's mainly maize and cassava, not so many others. So, yeah, that's been a bit of an adjustment. But otherwise, I really love, um, I like, um, what is it called again? I think, keep thinking of Ugali and Sadza. Inshima. I like Inshima. And I like some of the sides. I really enjoy them. I just wish there was more. Yeah. Yeah, that's for me. What about and, you, Lori? Um, so firstly, for me, I think it's, uh, in Tanzania, it's quite conservative, especially in the region where I was staying in Moshi. And that's something I really couldn't get used to. Because you know, in South Africa, like, I think you only realize that when you leave the country, how liberal we are. So it's not just conservativeness and like modesty and how you dress, but also just like how you speak to people. Um, stuff that like we consider normal would be seen as really rude there. And I think that was like one of my biggest like adjustments, like just, you know, you can't dress how you want. And I don't feel like, um, especially women should be like, what's the word? policed on how we should dress but it was such a big issue there and well you can't go there and like, like change you have to adapt obviously so that was definitely one of mine and then the other one was 
I felt like there was le a lack of recreational activities because South Africa, um, I'm sorry, Tanzania is like a tourist destination, right? So there's a lot of like touristy things to do like sightseeing and stuff, but that can be like really expensive and you don't want to do that like every single weekend. So like stuff like cinemas and um, pick uh, parks for picnics and just small things like that. There was a big lack of that for me personally. Yeah, Gansi? So, so are you saying that um, there wasn't much of a variety? Yeah, no stuff. Yeah, I, I felt like for because you know when you're an expat, you're not a tourist. So you, yes, you're not like mm. a citizen or whatever, but you're staying in the country. So you wanna do you do you wanna do like some just a normal activity, like going to movies is like a normal recreational activity or like a library, a coffee shop and reading a book, st small stuff like that. But I felt like we didn't really have okay. a lot of those there. It was more, do you wanna go on a safari or do you wanna go like a hike on the mountain and stuff? And those things are like expensive. So, so you felt like a tourist in the country? Yeah, you feel like a tourist because the stuff that you do, like okay. not, all, not all locals can afford to do it. Even though it's cheaper for them, they still, it's not an, like every Sunday, let's go and do this type of thing. Okay, I get that. I get that. So um, for me, I'm joking. <laughs> um, for me, um, my biggest um, like shift the language, the language. Hmm. The language was a big deal for me because they don't like Chinese people don't speak English. It's like being in France, to be honest with you, hmm. because no one speaks English. Everyone just speaks what they speak and they will assume that you know what they're saying, even though you don't understand what they're saying. So I have learned to learn the basics. I know the basics. I know how to read body language. Mm. I know how to just listen for the codes now. And um, I did try to learn Chinese. However, guys, I'm busy. I don't want yeah. <laughs> to. I, I, wanna... I get that. I get that. To work I don't want to go into a class and learn Chinese because the Chinese teacher is always going to give me homework and I'm just like oh well I'm tired I don't want to do it but I think I might this week or next week and then maybe next time we have a, a recording and we have a podcast or an episode I'll be speaking to you guys in Chinese who knows okay and uh in terms of like the language barrier do you feel like um because for example in Tanzania like their main uh language is uh Swahili so I, I know people uh, they say it's an English-speaking country but if we're really honest it's actually just more of a Swahili-speaking country and I just found that like um learning the basics in Swahili helped me a lot but then we never really had that um when we had orientation, no one really like emphasized that learn the language so that you can really like um, 
fit in or just like navigate life. So do you feel that learning the language would have made your stay easier? No, for the both of I you. I don't think so. Um, I'll answer first. I don't think so. I don't think learning the language would have made my stay easier because the main thing for is not that you speak the language, but because I look different and on most days I'm wearing braids or a wig, that is what people look at me and that's what makes me uncomfortable so I don't think learning the language would have made anything easier learning the language would have made me be able to communicate with people more however the good thing about China is that you can find everything online so the same way that I can find everything online I can translate everything online and I know what's going on Okay, and so, do you think, yeah. and do you feel like in the countries that you guys are in that people are more accepting of just like expats in general? Yeah, for Zambia, definitely, yes, for Zambia. Um, for me, I, I, I'm African, so I look black. No one's looking at me as different. And when they find out that I'm Ghanaian in any case, they're usually more excited, um, curious, when I got to the airport, when I first arrived, like the first day from the airport to the first Yango I ever took, uh, to the lodge that I stayed in first, I think about three people, no, now remember, but about three people said, oh, you're my, you're my sister, or mm. was like, you know, we're like one Africa, which I liked. I also think other foreigners that are European foreigners, Indian, Asian, um, they're also pretty welcomed here. Zambians in general are very welcoming people. So mm. um, that, mm. yeah, that was an experience I think I would have had no matter how or where I came from. Um, there doesn't seem to be that much of a, I might be speaking in blanket terms because I know that there is a bit of conflict between, okay, maybe I shouldn't speak on that, but between Zambia and another one of their uh, uh, one of the countries they share a border with but otherwise and like they're usually very welcoming to most expats oh, i do okay. wish i'd learned mm. the language that they speak in uh the city or the the most spoken languages are nyanja and bimba but they are like most other african countries where they have about 70 plus languages um but the most uh, widely spoken languages are bimba and nyanja i wish i'd learned um more <laughs> and if i stay longer i definitely will try to learn um zambians speak english i haven't had a hard time communicating with people but i think it's just nice to also appreciate um the value of but english also and all don't you think that yeah. like those ling those languages are so difficult they're so difficult to understand that's true I think it's difficult because I speak a different language. Um, yeah. Every language is difficult to understand. Yeah. If uh, say I grew up in Zimbabwe or even South Africa, I would have had an easier time because some of the words are exactly the same. I went to Western mm. province and they speak Lozi, I think. And some of the words were exactly the same words as Tuana. There's mm. a culture here called mm -hmm. Ngoni, which are exactly Zulu people. It's They do the same, the same outfits, everything. They actually, if you look back in history, they moved from... I think it was Shaka, uh, when Shaka started, uh, I don't know. I don't know the history that well. But there was a war yes. conflict Shaka and then they moved in. Zulu. Zulu is Shaka. No, but Shaka, the, the person, Shaka Zulu, the king. 
um, there was mm. a conflict and he moved all the way to Eastern and they settled in Eastern province, Zambia. Nyanja and um, Bemba also have some words that sound um, like a Southern African Bantu speaking language. Not all from the same root. They're all Bantu languages that originated in Congo many years ago and those tribes mm. migrated and settled in uh, lower parts of Southern Africa. So they do sound the same. Uh, for me, it's more difficult because I'm from West Africa. I come from um, Northern Ghana. My language sounds lingu like linguistically completely different, separate from I don't have any Bantu um my language isn't rooted in Bantu uh, languages mm. at all. So that sounds different. But otherwise, I feel like that's the same. If I move to Romania, that would be dif uh, difficult. I'm learning French now. That's difficult um, because these languages, uh, well, actually, French is made easier because um, French is a romance language, which, um, which so is English. So these languages stem from the same um, Romantic uh, roots. Whatever, <clears throat> Pardon? And Pulsa. Pasa? Oh, I can't hear you. Yeah, I think she said Pasa mm -hmm. as okay. well. Romance. Oh, yeah. Oh, as a romance <laughs> language, yeah. <laughs> True. Pasa is a romance language. But, but um, I meant like, yeah, stemming from the Roman uh, Latin uh, group of languages. Um, but anyway, I do feel like any language is different if you don't share, like if you don't come from that same language very group. Very true. Uh, difficult, yeah. But definitely worth learning um i always feel like english is a colonial scar we all carry and wear with pride um so it's french and honestly so is spanish um so i wish i had made more of an effort to learn the local language um but what you said about like the similarity similarities in language um when i got to tanzania i there was because i speak Lingala. i'm from congo so we speak lingala and some of the words that they were saying, I remember the first word that I recognized was Pembeni. And I know Pembeni in my language, it means to the side. And there was like one of these border border drivers, like, you know, these motorcycle drivers. And one of, one of the guys was telling the other guy mm, something. Mm. Uh, I think he was saying Toka Pembeni or something. And that meant I, I, I could like, I kind of like uh, put the words together. It means that this means go to the side. So I felt like I kind of, got um, a grasp of what Swahili is because my language is a Bantu language. But I do understand what you, what you mean by if the language doesn't sound like yours, you just, it just, because um, some of our um, the people that we were working with, they were speaking, some of them would speak like Maasai languages and then some of them would speak like Chaga languages. And it was just like, you can't make out even one word. So yeah, there is that common, it's, if it's a common language that is closer to your um, tribe or to a Bantu language you would understand but if it's a completely different language then you won't hear a word it's like you know how there's um some Spanish words are similar to some French words and then it, the pronunciation is different but you can still understand but if it's like you put a Mandarin word and an English word if they're not the same at all there's no way you could understand that at all if that makes sense I understand mm. I, I understand because I've experienced it, obviously. Um, I think the only similarities of language that I have with Mandarin is like the culture, how people speak, not what they're saying, but how they speak. Um, so when they say things, I understand what they're saying. I just don't know how to respond. It's like when you're talking to someone that speaks Tswana, 
in South Africa and you have no idea what they're talking about, but you know what they say. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel all the time here. Yeah. Is it the rhythm of the language? Is it the way they pronounce things? Um, yeah. Or is it like the way they, like, so, is it the sentence structures? So the rhythm is the same as an African language. I can't even specify which one. I think more Bunguni languages. Um, because they're loud. They, they pace themselves in a Nguni way what they're saying but the way they're pacing themselves is giving me nguni vibes um but um I, I most of the time i don't understand what they're saying i get a i, I get like a, a signal word or a code word and i'm like okay i know that word so i'm gonna answer but most of the time my only answer is okay <laughs> Oh, okay, I get that. And then uh, I think, um, what do you feel like is one tip you'd give, you'd give to anyone coming to your specific country? Like the first thing that you thought of, uh, I should have done this before coming or um, now that I'm here, this is one tip I'd give to someone on, like that's planning to come to your specific country. Oh, can I start? Yeah, sure. Okay, um, I would say just relax. Enjoy the moment, be in the moment. Because for most of us um, African kids coming to China, whether you're studying or teaching, because I have a lot of friends that are students and mm -hmm. a lot of friends that are teachers, um, we're just in the moment. We're here. We're present in the now. I think to be in any country is to be in that moment. Enjoy that moment. And then when you go, wherever you're going, then you can think about the future and you can reminisce on the past. However, I think one thing that I've learned while I'm here and one thing that I want people to know is be in the moment. Okay. So don't think about other things. Just be in the moment. No worries. No stress. Just be in the moment. Be in the moment. Don't stress too much. Yeah, I get that. I really like advice. I feel like that. Yeah, I really like Tanzi's advice. I feel like that's good advice for many situations, not even just being an expat, just try and be present. I think that's such good advice. And it's so quick to, we get so quick to, I don't know, we get stuck in our own mind or exactly. in small little issues Yeah, that we forget um, that we only experience these things once in a lifetime. Even if you're going to be an expat for your, for your life, like this is the first time you've, this is your maybe first exact experience. So this is your whatever. It's always a new experience and you can um, rob yourself of enjoying or learning something from that experience by simply focusing, hyper-focusing on um, other irrelevant um, factors. So yeah, I think that's really excellent advice. True. And also just to add, you can, mm -hmm. a lot of the times when you're an expert, like you're so worried about so many other things, like 
you have a lot on your mind because you're away from family, you're away from everything. Exactly. So I really like your advice, like, because just center yourself. Try to center yourself. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, I would say the Zambian or Lusaka expert bubble is very tight and closed off mm. i would say avoid it completely avoid it <laughs> i do not like <laughs> we're gonna actually we're gonna we're gonna do a full episode on what you're saying soon so just right keep, yeah yeah okay, but we're I'll gonna limit, do a full I'll episode okay I'll, I'll limit my response but um i do love the people <laughs> of met here and I love the people I've met here. They're lifelong friends. Um, some of the closest friends I have here are people that have also come from other parts of um, the world, Africa, Europe, whatever, Asia. Um, so that's been great. Um, but I really wish, I have Zambian friends now and I've made more of an uh, effort to go out and experience Zambian life. But I really mm. wish I had um, done that at an earlier stage and not fit into this. But like you said, there there are benefits, pros and cons to this, and it's the whole expect it's a whole um expecting episode on its own, mm-hmm. and we'll delve yeah. into that later. That's my advice. What about you, Lori? Um, so exactly. I think a specific to Tanzania is before you come, one learn how to speak Swahili. That is, I mean, if before I came, someone had just told me that like. And someone had just told me that Swahili is that serious in the country. And if you want to like navigate life easier and learn Swahili, then I would have definitely done that. Learn how to speak Swahili. And secondly, like this is really practical, especially for women, buy the appropriate clothes. Um, don't find yourself over layering because you didn't bring the appropriate clothes. So just go on YouTube, check the videos, see how people normally dress and just buy the appropriate clothes. Because the conservative and modesty thing is a big thing in um especially when you're black i mean uh we did have like a lot of we did have a lot of like uh european and uh expats and they they don't look like us so sometimes i felt like they had a bit of an exception but when you look black and you look african no one cares that you're not from tanzania as long as you look black they immediately identify you as one of their own so they will treat you accordingly so um my two advice is definitely learn swahili one and just um bring the appropriate clothes it'll make life so much easier to your point about like um glory yeah I want to ask a, a question. Oh, go it's ahead. like go a ahead. super religious country. It's the thing is, it's not super religious because uh, it's Christian and you've got like some Muslims as well. But then just how they are all like morally, just I think it's even it's not even in schools because like uh, children in high school and uh, primary and high school, especially girls, they don't have hair. They cut their hair. So it's small things like that that make you see that they are trying to, they have a society where they are conservative and it starts from young. So you're always going to pop out when you don't seem like you're, you're, you're modest or conservative. So you're not going to get it. Why do they cut their hair? Um, I can actually answer this. Yeah, please watch that. Because <laughs> we cut out in Ghana as well. We, I'm, I'm not sure if it's exactly the same as Tanzania, but in Ghana, we also cut our hair in schools. I think it's becoming less popular, but a lot of schools, the girls cut their hair. I've seen that. And it's Back, yeah, it goes back to when missionaries first arrived. They, it's it's like a racist thing. They ruled uh. hair, our hair as unruly 
and, oh, and also, we cut our hair to remain neat so we look whatever and we've internalized that and it's now a thing of well hair is sexual and you mm. are using it you know, to distract from your studies so exactly let's just cut off the hair distraction from school anyway it's a lot of effort cut the hair and let's move on and be good kids um i heard a comment from one of the guys that Goodness. was there that like they cut their hair so you can distinguish between um, an older girl and a much younger girl and he basically just said that you with braids and hair you're trying to attract and be more like um, attractive and for younger girls they should be like more focused less on their appearance than like school books so it ugh, there's a lot of sexism and like patriarchy that is yeah. wild it's disgusting actually but yeah you can't go there and like start protesting wild. that you grow your hair <laughs> I'm, I, you know what what you just said now about protesting is what exactly I was I was about to like mention is that as much as we are who we are from the countries that we come from the point is you can't as as activists as we grew up in South Africa né? we learned that you can strike if you don't agree with something mm. but when you go to another country uh, assimilate uh, uh. guys exactly oh thank you you must please, go you must go please. with what they go with 100% you also don't know all the laws you might get arrested you might be in jail for your the, for the rest of your life, life. exactly saying, thank you thank yeah. you and also you don't know <laughs> also you don't know the concept you don't want to just like um South Africans don't like the idea of like foreigners coming in and dictating how you should do things you also don't want to go and be that person that thinks you know better. Exactly, it seems wrong 100%. to me. Morally, don't align. Mm. But at the end of the day, I could morality is something. It's also a social contract. I could have, I could have invented this thing and decided that this is right or wrong. So who am I to come and inject my ideas onto another people and the way they live? They also get to decide what works for them. You know, just as you I know what V. You know yeah. what V. Yeah. Only a South African man thing. But we'll talk what about it mean? another time. Yeah, we but will. But I think I think what you just said with people with people only thinking. I don't want to. Uh-huh, I don't want to think about it. But I think that's only a South African man thing. Okay, can you hold that because train of thought for another episode? A lot of. Okay, I we have like two minutes. One hundred percent. Yeah, let's hold that train of thought for like another episode. Um, but just to tie it up, like um. You're very, very, very true. Uh, assimilate, don't go there and try and think that you can go and change anything. You will not, you'll be arrested and in a foreign country and your parents will be worrying about you. And uh, on that too, uh, we've come to the end of this episode. Oh, she was long actually. I just want to thank you guys for joining <laughs> and listening. Please like, follow, share uh, on our social media please, please. platforms and this as well. Uh, anyone else want to say anything before we go? The- uh, nothing for me. This has been lovely, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Yay. Kenzie. Oh, I love, love that. I was about to say the same thing. I'll see you guys <laughs> in the next episode. Love you so much. Thank like, you. comment, share, whatever you want to do. Thank you so yeah. much, guys. Bye. Only. Bye. 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 Bye.